hello, welcome to episode 76 of Sack King's Therapy. I just sat through what has to be the worst Kings game of the season uh, against the Pistons, and we just came off the Minnesota loss, so this says something about just how bad this was. Um, where to even start? Uh, well, where to start? The defense. It really just came down to defense and, you know, the lack of, you know, any real defense uh, during this game. Like, just this kind of encapsulates the issue with the defense, in my opinion. Corey Joseph, you know, King, like the most hated man on King's Twitter, basically the entire year and a lot of last year, too, I think. I don't I don't remember how bad it was last year, but. Just the inability to like keep him from scoring shows you just how broken the Kings' defense is. They just simply just don't have their fundamentals down. The, the the communication isn't there. Rashad was just let. I just felt left like hanging, left to dry on so many possessions because he'll try and help, but there won't be anyone helping him on defense. And guess what? He ends up getting scored on and looks bad on him. And then he, there are moments when he doesn't help. And guess what? The, they score. The Pistons score again because he's a he doesn't trust the help. And also the perimeter defense. My fucking Christ! This game, particularly when it comes to Fox, is when it really stands out to me. I'm not gonna bother har- harping on Buddy as much as I should. Like it is what it is. I'm I'm apathetic to that nowadays. But like Fox, multiple possessions, especially in the first half. And then that I'll talk about the second quarter in a bit. That was probably the worst quarter of basketball that I've ever seen. I, I did not watch the 27 threes live. So that might not be a, <laughs> that might be the only thing I can even compare it to. But Fox, like. You know, he's just laxed on defense. You know, he's like halfway in his stance. You kind of kind of see him like almost playing fake effort defense, I call it, where he's kind of sliding around, but really he's not really fighting through screens. He's not really forcing the guy towards the defensive help. He's just kind of like, you know, standing straight up and down. And there were multiple moments, particularly one that really kind of pissed me off in the second quarter was when he just let Killian Hayes use the screen. Literally, Killian Hayes walks to his spot at the elbow and drains a mid-range with no resistance whatsoever. And Rashad can't help because I think it was Isaiah Stewart is rolling to the rim. That was that is just absolutely pathetic effort and just showed no life basically on defense for three quarters, basically. Like I always say, Kings play three and a half quarters of good basketball. Well, in this game, it was three and a half quarters of absolutely god-awful bottom of the damn barrel tank tankathon here we come defense it was so goddamn hard to actually uh watch the shit but yeah um you know the offense was what the offense was although the offense i thought was a lot worse than usual uh this game let's see let me just look at the stats so kings shot 44 percent from the field and 23 percent from three and one stat that um doug kept harping on only 20 assists this game 
like Kings usually average around like 30, I want to say. I, I don't know off the top of my head, but like this game, uh, Doug brought up a really good point and he kept harping on it. There was only for mud, many stretches, uh, it was like second quarter and third quarter and a little bit in the fourth quarter as well. But the there would be one pass or no passes at all. And then it's a shot. And usually, it just led to bricks, others usually standing on the perimeter doing nothing. That it was like that for I think the entire third that was at the end, the second to last possession of the of the third quarter, where finally someone made an extra pass. And that was really, I think, the only lack of effort, the lack of life. On either side of the court, don't have the words for it. And, you know, I could be even more angry, but at this point, like, this is pretty much absolutely uh, apathetic. but you know let me see he shot five for 12 for three that's actually normal for him nowadays but again some of the just Worst kind of can't be the cast buck has to start with uh, De'Aaron Fox. I'm not talking about the my Milwaukee Bucks. I'm just talking about you know the it has to just start with De'Aaron. He has to set the tone on that end. Um, yeah, that's so yeah. Nothing really good came of this game. Uh, Metu was was the only positive in this uh, plus four, but maybe only played six minutes. We've got 11 minutes of Whiteside, and you know me and Fong have you know. Long been talking about how we do not like Whiteside, just, but you know it is what it is. Um, talk about some things I did like. I I mean it's all on the Piston side. I loved I loved Killian Hayes. I was actually really high on him uh, on the draft. Actually, he was one of the guys. Like, well, you know, I didn't really I didn't do research on Halliburton just because I never thought he would drop to us. But like for some reason, I thought Killian Hayes would drop to us for some reason. But uh, Killian Hayes he was really good this game. Like, like he. He kind of is like a miniature Lamelo Ball in a way. Like the passing instinct is there. Like you can see him like constantly scanning the floor. He has a really good control of the game. You know, never rushes. Never really like, you know, ne- is never basically never like out of control or anything. Yeah, he's gonna be he's gonna be good. And it's just unfortunate that he's been injured for so long. Where he actually I think be right in there like with Halliburton, uh, Edwards, and Lamelo for the for the end of the year. Uh, second positive of the game, you know, I'm, you know, I don't mean to kind of shit on, you know, King's Twitter or I think part of King's Reddit as well, but like Corey Joseph, man, we got to crown him the King's killer for this game. He, he's 24 points, seven assists. We're looking like Chris Paul out there for stretches, 10 for 14. And I'm telling you what, I'm not, I'm not joking when there, we couldn't stop him on the court. 
Like the Kings had no clue how to stop him. He would just get to his spot and shoot that little mid range that he has, and it was just his game this <laughs> today. And yeah, I I call it karma on the Kings Twitter side because this man has endured. Well, I, I imagine he's not on social media, and good for him if he's not on it. But like, just seeing the the abuse he's taken from King's Twitter about how he's not a good defender, how he's horrible on offense, none of that I've always felt was ever his fault. I always thought it was the team as a collective that doesn't that can't take advantage of what he provides to the team, and you know. His first season, he was out there guarding LeBron and Luka and, you know, doing whatever he could and, you know, having, you know, being effective in stretches. Like, I like I carry that basically throughout my, throughout the Corey Joseph tenure. And I've always just respected what he was able to do. Now, of course, he did play a little too much and, you know, he had his, you know, dark times. But, like, I have always liked him. And I just, I couldn't stand how King's Twitter would just constantly shit on him. And, boy karma karma comes back like a bitch doesn't it yeah this is this is for all this is for all the people who shitted on him on social media you guys deserve this one and we and the kings deserve to be to be pummeled like this i don't even want to call this a wake-up call because it's not a wake-up call you've had many of these this is just bottom of the barrel you're in the ground and you just got your head stomped into the fucking dirt because you're because this you disrespected the game of basketball was what you was what the Kings did this game. Just a pathetic effort, and I can't believe I had to sit through this shit. Like it's just, yeah, uh, you know, to kind of wrap it all up, yeah, just the worst game I've ever seen. Like the worst basketball, like Kings basketball game I've ever seen. And I know I had I've sat through you know the Hornets game this year. I've sat through. Um, another one where we blew a lead like i guess well luckily i didn't sit through the brooklyn one like i think two years ago or three years ago at this point but uh like this is easily the worst game i've ever watched and yeah if you haven't noticed a farm isn't here uh he's at he actually had a last minute uh last minute emergency and he had to he wasn't able to make the uh games but lucky him he didn't have to watch this shit you know <laughs> and yeah, I'm gonna love talk, talking to him about it tomorrow. But uh, yeah, let's just move on from this game. Um, yeah, uh, I was gonna talk about it with Fong on this um, on this episode, but like, you know, free agency is kind of like it. The sights have been set. I guess the landscape, I mean, has kind of been set for the most part on free agency. We'll have to see what happens in the playoffs. But I don't think. Major, a major free agent is really going to be in the playoffs. I think they're all locked in, actually. But like the free agency landscape, you know, it's not as you know lucrative as it should have been. Like Paul George signing extension, uh, Kawhi probably isn't going anywhere, even though he is, you know, an unrestricted. Uh, Giannis, of course, the the goal, the jewel of this free agency, signed the biggest extension in NBA history. Uh, Drew Holiday's off the market. Um, yeah, a bunch of guys signed extensions just are just not on the uh, not on the market anymore. So I guess I was just kind of you know I'm looking for need what this uh, what this team needs, and I'm you know I'm checking out boxes. I'm like saying, well, the Kings need a dog. You know, they need some. They need a locker room leader who's kind of been there. And you know, I've been listening uh, to uh, D'Lo and KC, ESPN 1320. 
Like they've been talking about, you know, Chris Paul, what Chris Paul has done for the Phoenix Suns. And like, you know, a, a guy like that, I don't think is actually available unless for some reason Kyle Lowry maybe wants to come here, but I highly doubt it. But like, I'm just kind of scanning, you know, the free agency like landscape. And, you know, I came up with a name and, you know, he's related to Kyle Lowry in a lot of ways, you know, they're best friends. And yeah, like I was really kind of eyeing DeMar DeRozan because he's an unrestricted free agent. Now he hasn't like, you know, he doesn't have a great track record of winning per se. You know, he has made an Eastern conference finals and, you know, took the, the LeBron Cavs to six games, but like, you know, he's not been a champion and he has had very bad losses. But then again, if you look, if you go through the record of Chris Paul's and pretty bad losses too. But, you know, DeMar DeRozan, a proven veteran, a guy who can go get buckets and just is a dog out there on the court. And I just feel like a guy like him is something we should look for. And, you know, like somebody needs to light up this locker room because like... You know, so many moments. I'm sorry, I'm going back to the game, but like so many moments where, like, I'm 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 sitting here pissed off because the Kings are just looking like shit and just don't look like they want to be out there. And I'm having to watch this garbage. You know, like Luke calls a timeout, which you know I hate it. I hate timeouts. It just disrupts the game. I want to keep watching basketball. So Luke calls a timeout, and he's you know out there calmly drawing up a play or, you know, talking to his assistant coaches about like what they're going to talk about in the timeout. Luke needs to be breaking, new needs to be breaking boards. He needs to light someone's ass up. Some, he needs to yell at, yell at somebody to guard their man tightly, you know, defend without fouling and just light a fire under someone's ass because my God, there's no fire out there. There was a little, the only fire I saw was from like Rashawn, like in the fourth quarter like you know, he he didn't he couldn't like get some and ones. He didn't get some fouls. He's out there, you know, showing all this emotion. Like I want to see more of that. So, we need more of those guys. And hopefully, like you know, if we, if we resign uh, Rashawn, like he, I hope he grows into the role of the Draymond Green role, someone who brings that fire and will also get up on teammates about playing like shit, not rotating out on your assignments, not doing your job and helping him, not, you know, crashing for the defensive rebound because guess what? There's a lot of, you know, Rashad is not the biggest guy. He needs help down there. He needs, like, somebody needs to do that, and I want that to be Rashawn or whoever we get in free agency. Or I don't think it's going to be in the draft just because I don't think a rookie is actually has the cachet to be able to do that. Like, But we'll see. But like that that was an idea I had, but then I also noticed that uh Alex Caruso is also a free agent. And that is a guy that, you know, I, I don't think he's that guy who'll get up in the in your face, but he's a guy who plays with fire, is a proven winner. Now he of course he's not the guy that carried them to the championship, but that is a guy that is a smart NBA player and you know is out there doing the right thing on you know on the basketball court. Like that is a guy that makes that plays winning basketball and he can bring so I think so much of what this you know team needs like a little bit of wing defense although I don't trust him on bigger wings but like you know a perimeter defender a guy who's going to get out there on defense and you know actually defend you know show some fire on that end. 
Like I, we we need something to shake up this roster. And I don't I don't know. I just don't think you can bring back this roster and be comfortable next year and you know to be able to make the playoffs. We're gonna have to see. Like there's a lot of moving parts. You know, Monty McNair is still kind of having to you know deal with the mistakes of Lade, like you know you know Bagley, <laughs> um, you know uh, who else? You know Buddy. Um, like, you know, th- those are the two big ones. And like, I don't see us really being able to get off of those guys, even though like, I, I still do believe that Marvin has something, but at this point, like if he gets traded, I'm not the most like broken up over it. I'm just, I'm just so done with this roster, even though like Marvin has nothing to do with what's going on right now, but like it, it, we, we need a shake up and we shall see how everything's kind of plays out. Um, okay, well, that's it for, um, you know, uh, that's it for basketball. Let's, uh, WrestleMania is this weekend and I haven't had a chance to actually, uh, what's it called? Uh, stand or no take over stand and deliver. Yes. NXT stand and, de- stand and deliver, um, just ended. I have not had a chance to watch it, unfortunately. So unfortunately I'm not gonna be able to, per- be able to talk much about that, but I did watch night one and. Although the only match I really watched was uh, Walter versus uh, Maso Champa, that was fun. I really liked that match. I love Walter. He has two out of my three most favorite matches of all time. Like the guy just understands wrestling, and he is, and his chops are just the greatest thing in the world. Would I pay money to get chopped by him? No, I do want to get. I do wish at some point I could get chopped by him. That sounds like a fun little adventure. W- weird thing to say, but it just sounds fun. Uh, <laughs> but um, yeah, well, the reason why I'm t- you know transitioning to wrestling is because I want to talk about WrestleMania. Uh, you know, WrestleMania is I think you know Saturday and uh, Sunday. It's a two night event and. You know, uh, I am a big wrestling fan, uh, and we and I have de- dedicated episodes to it. And this is probably the only time I'm going to have a chance to actually talk about WrestleMania before the event actually happens. And you know, I want to throw out a little uh, some, some predictions out there. You know, you know, just kind of just just have a little fun. You know, uh, so WrestleMania 37, uh, night one, um, Raw Tag Team Champions, the New Day versus AJ Styles and Omas. Uh, I, I honestly don't really care for this match. It's just, it's, I think, I mean, I think Oma, I think it's going to be AJ Styles, AJ Styles and Omos because they're pushing Omos because that man is huge. Like I, he's almost like as tall as the ring. And I, you can tell that, you know, management and Vince in particular, he likes big dudes and they want to push this guy. And, you know, I just don't think, you know, WWE seems to care. They don't seem to care about their tag team championships. So they're just like, yeah, let's, just, let's just give it to Omos, the big guy, so that it'll become important when it, it probably won't. And they'll probably just see it as a bit of a trivial matter, whoever has the uh, tag team championships or not. And that's unfortunate because they have some damn good tag teams, although there aren't, they keep breaking them up, but like, you know, tag team wrestling, when done right, is so good. And for some reason, you know, it's particularly the main roster. They just don't care for it. And I think it's a lot on Vince. It's just how it is. Yeah, I'm predicting AJ Styles and Omos to win this one. Seth, Seth Rollins versus Cesaro. I, I want it to be Cesaro. 
I just don't think he's going to win because I think they just, like, I don't see him getting a win over Seth Rollins is kind of my justification of that. Like, Rollins is one of their big stars, and Cesaro has always kind of been stuck in that kind of mid, mid-card tier and just never being able to break through. And I just don't see this being different. I'll, I'm very happy to be wrong on this one. Maybe this is his moment. They're kind of giving him a little bit of a push because he would sign with the company. You know, maybe they are to kind of finally pull the trigger on a Cesaro push because Cesaro is really good and he has a great look and he has he has the potential to be a star. But company, company I don't, for the most part, hasn't seen it that way. And then they might just go with a safe bet of Seth Rollins. You know, we shall see. Um, Shane McMahon versus Braun Strowman. I hate this thing. Like they added choo-choo noises to Braun Strowman's. I, <laughs> I'm not gonna lie, that, that made me chuckle when I first heard it. Uh, this is stupid. I just think it's please Braun Strowman for the love of God win. I don't want Shane to win anything. If the fact that this match is happening, and I hope it goes five minutes. But let's not make this like any longer than that, because it's two like guys who can't really. Well, Braun can do stuff and put put in the right you know, position, but like Shane is just, Shane's a spot monkey. That's about it. He's good for like one elbow drop from, you know, on top of the cage. And that's about it. I don't, I just don't want to see this man. I'm going to, I'm just going to pick Braun Strowman for the sake of picking Braun. Like, and yeah, <laughs> let's move on. Okay. Bad Bunny and Damian Priest versus Miz and Morrison. Uh, probably Bad Bunny and Damian Priest just because it's a celebrity. Miz and Morrison have been jokes. So yeah. Uh, Bad Bunny and Damian Priest. Damian Priest, they're kind giving a push i don't know like i, I yeah I, I don't know what they're doing Damian Damien priest they're like they seem to like him they he had a great showing at the royal rumble so like they could you know they probably see something in him but we shall see um you know him being tagged with bad bunny probably is a good thing because it means that they you know management seems to think he's worth having on tv I don't know. I don't know what to think. I, I, I'm just going to pick Bad Bunny and Damien Priest because I don't see them beating Bad Bunny. So, unless Damien Priest is going to take the pin. Jeez, that's going to be really... That's going to be stupid. Anyways. Uh, yeah, SmackDown Women's Champion. Sasha Banks versus Bianca Belair. Or Sasha Banks versus Bianca Belair. I don't know why... Yeah, uh, yeah I, I see Bianca winning this one. Just because, like, she, they seem to be putting a lot of momentum behind her, and Sasha's reign has been somewhat flat. Like, I don't like ever since Bailey. Like, there hasn't been really a great challenger to her, as far as I can remember off the top of my head. And I just think, like, I love Bianca. Like, she has the look of an athlete, and she's got like you know just star written all over. And I think it's time. Like, I like. I don't see a, a good reason for uh, Sasha to win this one. Like, who challenges her after this? Like, so, yeah. I mean, they're probably going to run the Bailey and Banks thing back again. And again, I just I just think it's time for Bianca Belair. They're putting their chips in with her, you know, with her winning the Royal Rumble and all. And I just think it's time. Like, it's time to build a new star. And, like, Sasha, I don't think loses anything from losing uh, here. And, you know, you have you have your little main event feud. Like, you know, if Bianca wins, like, I guess Sasha challenges her at the next pay-per-view. Although I wish they would actually hold off on that, but we shall see. I'm picking Bianca for this one. Uh, WWE Championship, Bobby Lashley versus Drew McIntyre. Uh, I think it's going to be Drew. 
Like I, I, I totally understand a lot of people saying like, well, Bobby Lashley, like they're building up him up as the almighty. And like, it, you know, you can talk me into him retaining, but I think, I think it's just going to be Drew just because Drew kind of missed out on his moment last year. And, you know, because like he won the championship in front of no fans in that weird match. Uh, like, I think they just want, you know, Drew to kind of get that moment, you know, first time they're going to have fans like you know basically in a year and that's gonna be a big win although you can totally talk me into bobby lashley winning bobby lashley has been booked very strong and you know again he looks like a champion like look at the muscles on that man like my god that man is buff and yeah like i i told i could totally see him like you know winning this one and you know going on to finally face brock lesnar like they were supposed to have that match when he came back but like they just Plans changed, and he, he had been in the wilderness for a while. But you know, he's made a comeback, and you know, it wouldn't be the worst thing if he retained. But I'm gonna pick Drew McIntyre for this one. That I think is the end of night one. Yes, uh, on to night two. Uh, first match on this um, article is Riddle versus Sheamus, or Matt Riddle versus Sheamus. I've been just rewatching some of the Matt Riddle's UFC stuff. It's unfortunate that they outlaw weed because it's pretty good. Like there, there's some really nice stuff that he did back in the UFC. I think he would have been pretty good had, you know, had he stayed and you know, had they not flagged him so many times for weed. But that that's beside the point. Um, Sh- Riddle or Sheamus? Uh, just going off my gut, I'm just gonna say Sheamus because I don't have any real justification for it. I don't think they really care about the U.S. Championship. I mean, management of WWE. Like, I think Sheamus has like been booked very strong, and I think he will probably win it just because like you know they want to push i guess they want to just put on Sheamus to give it more legitimacy legitimacy and yeah riddle has as far as i know hasn't really been booked that well like kind of booked as a goofball so i'm just gonna pick i'm Sheamus for for this one i'm not much else uh kevin owens versus Sami Zayn. this feels like this feels like it should be a way bigger match than it actually is it's not really it's kind of a I guess the build has been a little bit. It's not like because Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn have so much history. This should be a bigger feud, but it's not because of just the short amount of time and also just kind of like the weird disjointedness of WWE storytelling nowadays. And uh, for this one, you know, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna say his name, but like I think it's gonna end up being Kevin Owens because this guy is gonna interfere. And cost Sammy the match. I'm just gonna leave it at that. Yeah, Kevin Owens wins this match. Intercontinental uh, Championship, Big E versus Apollo Cruz. I'm gonna pick Apollo Cruz for this one. Apollo's had a new gimmick change, and you know, a big. Of course, they kind of fucked it up at the fast lane, but like, you know, you can, you know, I guess we just wipe that from our memory. And like, Apollo wins here, becomes the uh, Intercontinental Champion. <laughs> It has a little bit of a nice rain uh, with it. It's a Nigerian drum match, whatever the hell that is. Um, yeah, like I think Apollo Crews is going to just go on a little bit of a new run, like a big run for him with the Inter- Intercontinental Championship and hold it for a probably a little bit. I don't know if they even give a shit about this championship because like, it just feels like the Intercontinental Champion hasn't done anything in a while. Like it never really, it's never really launched anyone for a while, just because it's just kind of that mid card title that doesn't get that like respect, doesn't get that you know big 
you know, iconic feud. I think the only iconic feud I can think of really is a uh, what's it called? Back in the day, Miz versus Dolph Ziggler in 2016, and that was five years ago. Although I haven't been playing that close attention to it, I'm not gonna lie. So maybe there is maybe someone can tell me there is something in the middle of it. Maybe Balor and Rollins at one point. I, I don't know, but. Like, you know, Apollo Crews, I think, like, should win it and just, like, go on a little bit of run of his own. And Big E can lose the Intercontinental Champion and go on to the main event. Like, a lot of people have been kind of calling on him for. Um, You know, he's got the look of it. And, yeah, I I like Big E, like, as champion. As, like, that, you know, that Kofi-esque story of a guy that's kind of been there but hadn't, like, elevated to kind of the status of, like, you know, top main eventer. I feel like he's on the cusp of it. And I think him losing the kind of title here and slowly building to maybe a SummerSlam match for the title would be amazing. Uh, okay. Fiend, Bray Wyatt versus Randy Orton. I'm not going to talk too much about this because I, I don't know what to think about this. Like, you know, I think I think it's going to be the Fiend. And I don't. we don't even know if it's going to be a Firefly Funhouse match. I hope it's a Firefly Firefly Funhouse match. That was amazing last year. You know, I nerded out on the pod on a podcast episode about it, and yeah, hopefully, like you know, the, he kind of goes into a you know a deep dive of Randy Orton's career, like you know his drug suspensions, his anger issues, his you know, you know, it's a lot of the weirdness w- it, it during Randy's career, like how he did, how Bray did it with uh, Cena. That would be amazing. Um, it has not been. Uh, it has not been announced, so if it ends up being a regular match, I hope it ends in five minutes because I I can't I can't stand a, a regular Randy Orton match, especially against a you know a non flippy worker like Bray Wyatt, who you know also you know they're they're both athletic, but like they don't do anything like flashy, and it'll just end up being boring if they're gonna do that. And I hope they don't do that. Um, yeah, I'm gonna pick uh, the Fiend for this one. As, uh, Raw Women's Champion Asuka versus Rhea Ripley. I'm gonna pick Asuka for this one. I just, I, I just, I just want to root for Asuka to win. Uh, Rhea hasn't really the build again has been very weird, like in in that there really hasn't been any build, and uh, you know, I just I, I don't know if it's the greatest idea. Just that I don't know. I'm, I'm not in, I'm not as into Rhea Ripley as a lot of pe- other people are. I know she's good. I've I've seen her like some of her NXT stuff, but it's not as into her, you know, as you know, as a lot of other people. Of course, the the original plan was actually for Lacey Evans versus Charlotte, but you know, Lacey Evans got pregnant, and then it was supposed to be Oscar versus Charlotte, and Charlotte I think got COVID and won't be clear for WrestleMania, and. Yeah, now it's Asuka versus Rhea Ripley and just essentially almost a filler match in a way. You know, a, you know, like plan C, D, E, F. Like that was that it, it, it feels like it because there has been, again, no real build to this. And yeah, I, I just want Asuka to win. I'm not going to be surprised if Rhea wins, but like I, I want Asuka to have at least a meaningful defense because she hasn't really hasn't had one, has she? I don't remember. But yeah, I just hope like you know, Oscar wins and hopefully does something with it. <laughs> you know, for the love of God. Um, okay, uh, next one: Universal Champion um, Roman Reigns versus Edge versus Daniel Bryan. I'm gonna pick for Daniel Bryan for this one. I, I just, I just, want, I just want like another 
reign from Daniel Bryan as the champion, as a babyface champion specifically. Like, you know, I was I was really actually bummed, somewhat bummed out. I don't know if I ever said it on the podcast episode, like that Edge won the Royal Rumble. I really just, that was the, probably the last guy I would have picked. Probably the only other one would be Randy Orton. <laughs> it would be the other one that I would not have wanted to win. But, you know, it is what it is sometimes. Uh, I it Maybe even Rome. I'm actually for Roman retaining over Edge winning. I just, I'm not a fan of like, you know, Edge is like not, you know, crazy old but like he's you know he's a he's an older guy and i just think i just think it's time to move on from like guys like edge my opinion but like you know daniel bryan's like you know i think he's about to enter his 40s so he's it's not like he's a spring chicken by any means but like daniel bryan is the greatest you know the probably the uh he he's my on my uh favorite wrestler he's my favorite wrestler i think he's the best wrestler like of this generation and I think he just deserves a run like this. Like it's not like how like the Miz deserved a WWE championship reign because he's been in the company. Daniel Bryan has literally been probably the best wrestler for you know multiple stretches outside of like injuries. And I just I just think he deserves one. And Roman Reigns like his reinvention like I wouldn't be mad if he retained and just saved up for, you know, dream match of you know him versus the rock although i I, i'm not looking forward to sitting through another year or another six months until or four months until SummerSlam to see him face the rock but you know like i i I want daniel bryan to win this one i just i want to see because i'm i didn't watch when wrestlemania 30 happened and i i just wish i did because that was like the biggest moment biggest must have been the biggest feel feel good moment that wwe have ever put up because of just, you know, he was the guy that everyone wanted to win. And like, you know, with the, with actual, with the, you know, the actual fans like behind him, like, I just don't think you're ever going to get a part, another perfect storm like this for a while in terms of like, you know, the fans being behind a wrestler like Daniel Bryan, Daniel Bryan doesn't have that many years left. He's talked about it. And I think that I just think it's time before he has to retire. So I'm gonna pick Daniel Bryan for this one, and yeah, uh, that's those are my picks for the uh, champion for you know uh, WrestleMania 37. Um, you know, I'll be watching it this Sunday, and we shall see what happens. And Saturday, of course, because two nights. Yeah, but hopefully you guys like. Hopefully, just nothing bad happens. Like, you know, WWE has been known to do some weird shit. Although, like for the past few years, they've been doing pretty good with WrestleMania, in my opinion. Like, you know, they've given the fans what they want, and you, you know, you really can't ask for more than that. <laughs> you know, okay. Uh, yeah, this is a going to be a long episode, and uh, I'm going to close this episode out by talking about Attack on Titan. So, if you guys don't want to be spoiled, I'm going to warn you right here. You're going to want to click off this video because I'm going to talk about the chapter, chapter 139 that just came out. And uh, yeah, if you don't want to get spoiled, I'm going to give you five seconds to click off of this. Thank you for listening if you're going to turn it off. And, you know, if you're still going to be here, uh, I'm going to give you five more seconds for everyone who does not want to listen to leave and, you know, be spoiler free of chapter 139. Okay, so on five, four, three, two, one. Okay, well, uh, it is. I think 
it's kind of weird because it's 139. It's not a you know an even number. Like 139 is the last episode or the last chapter, and it's it. I don't know what I was expecting to be honest. Like for some reason, I just expected there to be more. Like, but if, but but like the more I think about it, like that last chapter was the climax. Like everyone was basically about to die. Like outside of Mikasa, basically, because everyone was kind of getting like kind of swarmed by titans, and basically the end of the world was right there. And you know, uh, you know, this chapter, they, I'm guessing, yeah, Mikasa basically chops off Aaron's head and saves everyone, and basically it's a happily ever after ending. You know, uh, they, although I'm not too sure of like the legitimacy of everything they say because there's some stuff that they say within they call it the path the kind of, i call it like the dream realm like they talk about the dream talking about it in the dream well about how things should have been and how you know what the plan was but basically most of the most of the population have been wiped out and essentially they get world peace is kind of what i took away from it and you know mikasa buries aaron in the tree and the beginning of the series and yeah it's kind of a happily ever after except you know aaron is dead <laughs> um yeah my main reaction is just that i just thought there'd be more for some reason and yeah but i don't i, I liked it was a great read like I all I just hate that it took every it came out every month and by the time like the new uh, episode comes out or new uh, chapter comes out that you know it's basically been long gone. Uh, I mean, like I've long forgotten what happened last month. So, but yeah, it was I think it was a good chapter. Uh, you know, I guess that's how it ends. But the, all I can say is that I kind of want more. I want more Attack on Titan. I want more Levi. It was Levi in a wheelchair at the end. That was interesting. Like that was a, uh, I guess that's just it. Just felt like everything kind of wrapped up a little early, in a way. I don't know. Again, I I don't know how to feel about it. It's it's kind of a weird feeling to know that it's it's over now. If it is over, maybe there's gonna be some uh, extra spinoffs. But yeah, as it stands right now, yeah, great ending. I guess great ending to the series. Kind of how it should have ended, and yeah. Um, you know, again, if you guys haven't, if you guys have read it, and you know, just I guess share your thoughts. I I do leave the voicemail link on the episode, so let me know what you think. Um, yeah. Uh, thank you for listening all the way here for you know whoever's still listening to this, and uh, yeah, just suffer through a very painful Kings um game, and yeah, we'll we'll see what what what's ahead of the Kings because boy, it's just. I don't, I don't I have no words to really well I have words to describe but I'm kind of I'm kind of I'm kind of done for now and uh yeah we're going up against the jazz next so uh, that's going to be an adventure uh I assume it's going to be over by the first quarter we shall see all right well I will catch you guys back on Saturday